What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Ari, here. This is Christina Williams. It's Dawn Staley. I'm Miles Ehrlich. It's your girl, Jasmine Baker, here. And you're listening to About That. About That. About That. About That. So you know you got to stay locked into About That with your boy, B. Terrell. Deuces. What's up, y'all? Happy Friday. You have tuned in to another episode of About That, and I am your host, B. Terrell. It is so glad. I say it is so glad. I am so glad to be back with you all today, or whenever you're listening to this. But I guess even when you're listening to it, it still is today, no matter which day it is. It might not just be Friday. But anyway, I'm so glad uh, to be back with another episode for you all. And it's been an amazing start to the WNBA season so far. Um, a lot is going on. A lot is going to happen. A lot has happened. And we are seeing some amazing games so far. A lot of blowouts as well, but also some amazing games uh, so far. So like I mentioned to you all um, in the last episode, a few weeks ago, uh, before the start of the season, actually, um, I was going to be going around to a lot of the games, um, especially during the opening uh, few weeks of the season. And it was an amazing experience. Um, tiring, but nonetheless amazing. Um, the, for the first game of the season, I was actually there in DC. So I went three consecutive days, three time zones. I went from Dallas. No, I went from DC to Dallas to Vegas and back to back to back days. When I tell y'all I was so tired, I took a little break, went to, um, what I went to Salt Lake city, you know, check another state off my list. I went to Salt Lake city, you know, just to take in the views and things like that. See a little bit of mountains here and there, whatever. And then I went out to the Bay for a few days and then I went to LA, um, catch the sparks home opener. Then went to Atlanta, caught a game there, like some really good games. So, you know, I was gone for three days. I mean, for three weeks. Um, and it was just really fun being able to see, uh, the, all the arenas, well, at least a good bit of the arenas, see the teams, see a lot of the new rookies out, basically be able to do their thing. So it was really fun and an exciting time. So, um, the WNBA definitely put on a show for those few weeks and thank you to all the teams that, um, for having me as well. Um, you know, I, I know, uh, I, I, what we talked about, we talked about, um, you know, this awesome rookie class that was drafted and, you know, th- these rookies so far have not disappointed. A lot of them haven't really disappointed. They've been able to, um, you know, really put on a good show, do their thing. Um, obviously, Nalissa is Nalissa. Ryan Howard, mother Ryan Howard is Ryan Howard. Um, Shakira Austin is doing well for D.C., um, Henny has had some amazing performances, um, and some, some highlights for the fever queen Egbo queen Egbo is fearless. She ain't scared of nobody. Like she is queen is a dog. So, uh, shouts out to her. Emily Angsler's had some amazing performances. Um, going back to Henny right quick. Y'all know I love me some South Carolina people, bro. Henny's Jersey. When the, when the fever released the stranger things jerseys for their rookies, Henny's Jersey sold out in like maybe two or three hours, like all of them, two or three hours. They were released that Friday. I think maybe around nine or 10 AM. They were, I think they were gone by like noon. So like shout out to Henny, like the demand is there. So just play her a little more. 
But um, I think some of my biggest surprises so far in the season, <laughs> and I, it's not a surprise because I told y'all. Let me sip my coffee right quick. Ah, this is tasty. The Atlanta Dream, baby. At the time of, when I mean, y'all hear this, the Atlanta Dream currently, you know, we, we, lost, we, lost, we lost the game. But we are 7-5. and five. The Dream are 7-5. and five. I know y'all might be like, oh, that's nothing. That's like, they just over 500. It don't matter. Because the Dream won all of eight games last season. So with one more win, they can tie their 2021 win total. Ryan Howard has been insane. Um, Cheyenne Parker is Cheyenne Parker holding it down. Nia Coffee, like the, the vets are betting. Um, there, there, there are little challenges. There's some growth pains and stuff. They're probably going to work on their bench a little bit. Um, they, they made some trade. They've made a trade. Um, and they've signed some good pieces. So, and I'm gonna get into that trade after the break with my guest. Um, but like Atlanta is being Atlanta. And I think the one of the biggest surprises, um, is how the Mercury and the Lynx have looked to start the season. So far, um, the Lynx and Mercury are both on the outside looking in of the playoff race. Phoenix is the number 10 team and the Lynx is currently in the 11th place. Is this the tank for Leah Boston sweepstakes? And, and first of all, hold on, let me pause. Free BG. Free BG, free BG. Like, hopefully, hopefully we they, they, they can get her to come home soon. Like, I'm just always praying. Thoughts and prayers are always going out to BG, uh, her wife, her family, those in her circle close to her. So for sure, thoughts and prayers to BG um, as she's been wrongfully detained and just for a safe, safe return for her back home soon. Um. I can't go. I couldn't go for it without you know, especially about speaking about Phoenix. I couldn't. I couldn't go for it without mentioning PG. So yeah, take a pause. Okay. With that being said, it seems like this might be the tank for Leah Boston sweepstakes. I don't know. Sylvia Fowles is now out for an indefinite amount of time with an injury for the Lynx. I hate how her final season is, has been going. Obviously, congrats to Nafisa. She recently welcomed her new baby with her fiance. Uh, so she, congrats on being a new mom. And, you know, they're without her. They're still without Natalia Chamba, Demiris Duntis, now without Sylvia Fowles. Like, there have been so many injuries and hardships that the the, the Lynx have had to sign. Uh, Phoenix Mercury has had to sign some hardships as well. So it's like, somebody's going to get some good players at the top of that draft next year. Um, and so I, I just hate that seal can't go out on top. Well, as it's looking so far right now, because anything can happen because you remember last year, Chicago was like kind of in the water, um, a little sinking a little bit. And then boom, they made this amazing run. The second half of the season and went on to win the whole thing. So they're not out of it just yet because the eighth place, eighth place, eighth mm, boy, I can't get that word right. The eighth, place team currently is are the sparks at five and seven so phoenix and mercury at three and eight and three and nine i mean phoenix and the Lynx at three and eight and three and nine 
they can definitely, you know, cover up some ground or whatever, too. Hell, New York or the Fever could possibly make a run and make the playoffs, too. So they're not out of it just yet. Um, so hopefully they can turn it around soon. But at the end of the day, yeah, four teams aren't going to make the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, those have been some um, surprises. But I think my favorite storyline so far of the season, and it's not necessarily a storyline because ain't not too many people talking about it as much, but Christy Wallace, this is for me, I think this is the year for the unconventional rookie or the non-traditional rookie or whatever the right word to say. But Rebecca Gardner and Christy Wallace, remember I was talking about, um, I was talking about the Atlanta Dream, who are a surprising team so far this season because they, they have some young pieces. And a lot of people tell me, oh, the, the Dream are rebuilding. They're not going to make the playoffs or whatever. Look at them now. Look at them now. Hey. So, Christy Wallace is technically a rookie. Uh, she's, an, she's an older rookie because uh, she was, Christy, I want to say, came out of Baylor back in... If I'm not mistaken, Christy came, graduated from Baylor back in 2018. She had an injury. She was drafted in the second round by the Dream, actually. Um, but she played a few years overseas. Um, so she'd been able to work on her career once she got healthy as a pro internationally. And then, you know, she's made she made her pro debut. Not just making her debut. She is she's a starter for the Dream. She started all 12 games so far, averaging almost 28 minutes a game. Nine points a game, 2.6 assists, three rebounds a game, 1.3 steals per game. You got Rebecca Gardner. Rebecca Gardner is another player who um, she she has some international experience. She graduated UCLA back in 2012, went undrafted, and make in it and has made her pro debut this year at the age of 31. So she's actually going to turn uh, her birthday is during All Star Weekend in her host city, Chicago. So I know she's going to be there in Chicago, probably turning up. But Rebecca Gardner, she started one game so far for the Sky. Um, she's averaging 9.3 points a game, three rebounds, 1.2 assists, one and a half steals a game. Uh, and, you know, playing 20, just under 24 minutes per game. She's shooting 55% from the floor. Like, these are two experienced players that have basically been able to come in and make a name for themselves in the early part of the season. And I love that because, you know, that they're, they're testament to, one, not giving up on your dream. Because, you know, Rebecca, she graduated college 10 years ago. And... Ten, like 10 years later, she made her pro debut after a lengthy career playing overseas. So, like, I just love that they've been able to come in, hustle, and not only secure a final roster spot, but thriving in it and getting uh, ample minutes, both playing over 20 minutes a game and contributing to their team's their team success early on in the season. So, definitely, uh, shouts out to Christy Wallace and Rebecca Gardner. Um, doing their things. I'm excited. As you know, you know, the W, like I said, so much has happened so far in the season. We know about the coaching changes. Um, the Liberty, excuse me, not the Liberty, um, the Indiana Fever parted ways with Marianne Stanley and Carlos Knox was um, um, named an interim head coach. Uh, Derek Fisher, um, they they parted with Derek Fisher as the coach and GM of the LA Sparks and now Fred Williams. 
has taken over as uh, the interim head coach. We know that um, Fred will also, at the end of the season, go on to be the associate head coach for Auburn women's basketball. But I guess they needed, they said with the roster of talent that we have, we needed a change. You know, the Fever, they had some great moments at the start of the season. Then they went on their losing streak, and it was like, okay, we need to make a change. I guess the, the a combination of the young pieces versus the veteran pieces on the Fever roster probably wasn't really working as they thought it would have maybe it was the rotations whomever whatever they decided they decided that you know hey let's go ahead and just move forward but let's move forward by moving apart from each other and the same for um Derek Fisher and the Sparks so it's really interesting to see um how those teams are able to really put it together um Going forward, um, Carlos Knox was actually able to get his first win as head coach of the Fever. Like in his very first game, he was able to get their first win. But since then, the Fever have lost four straight since he got his first win. So I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like um, uh, for the Fever going forward. Obviously, I know Lynn talks about, hey, even if the record doesn't improve, uh, the stats. She wants to see improvement in some ways. If they were last in offense, be first in offense, or move up to top five in offense. If they were last in rebounding, in pace, let's see show some sort of improvement. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Fever looks like at the end of the season, and if they decide to um, remove the interim tag from Carlos Knox, make him the permanent head coach, or um, if they decide to. Um, just find a new coach and GM altogether. Someone is it going to be a dual role at that? Because Lynn is still the interim GM as well. So hey, how is that going to work? But um, it looks like once again a lot of these play, a lot of these teams going to be adding some more top talent next year if they obviously if they own the rights to their draft pick because there have been some draft picks that have been moved and included in trades. So yeah, that's going to be pretty interesting. So tonight, if you're listening on Friday. June 10th. Tonight is a full slate of games and I am excited about, hmm, let's see. I think I'm excited at New York, New York in the fever. The fever always, for some reason, happens to be a fun game, whether it's buzzer beaters or what, like, um, that, that's always a, a pretty fun game. And oh, Chicago and the sky. You know what? All of these games might actually be pretty good today. Maybe except Washington the Lynx. I don't know about that one. But um, Chicago versus the Sun. That could be a good one. Um. Um. Oh, and oh, before while I'm mentioning the Sun, hopefully Jasmine Thomas has a full, um, complete recovery. Um, you know, she suffered an injury. She suffered a knee injury in, towards the beginning of the season. And so they're out there without her for the rest of the year. And, you know, she was a defensive prowess for them, their starting point guard. So that is huge in terms of veteran leadership, especially on your quest to win a, a WNBA title. So um, prayers up for her and hopefully she has a full recovery. Uh, I think Seattle and Dallas will be a good game tonight. They're playing in Dallas. So that's good. And then Atlanta and Phoenix, we gonna see Atlanta and Phoenix. You know they can, they got some teams that you know they don't take they don't take no crap. So who gonna get texts out of Cheyenne and and Erica Wheeler and DT 
and um and Skyler. Like that's gonna that might be a little tussle there on the court there in Phoenix. They're playing in Phoenix, so let's see um if Phoenix can turn it around and get some wins, or if Atlanta, you know, imposes their will. We'll see. Like they like to get up and down the court. They also have more bodies. Um. They they have I think more bodies because Phoenix has been dealing with uh, some 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 injuries as well, so we're we're gonna see how that goes and I'm excited tonight. I just hate that a lot of these games are on at the same time, but you know what? That's another story for a different day. Uh, but yeah, go and get yourself a drink. Go and get you some coffee, some water, or something. I'm gonna take a break and I'll be back with a very special guest to talk about the New York Liberty. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Hope you got yourselves a nice drink or two or three. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's a little too early for that, depending on where you, when you're listening to this. But I am back with Miles Ehrlich, a writer, reporter, all things New York Liberty and the league with Winsider. How are you, Miles? I'm great. Great to talk to you, B. Yes, yes, yes. It is so great to talk to you as well. You know, I've been trying to get you on the show. You know, I've, I've t- I told you when I first started this, I was like, look, I don't know when, but I'm going to have you on here because I feel like the Liberty have such a faithful fan base and I had to have someone here that is well versed on all things New York Liberty and obviously that person is you. So thank you for taking the time to grace us with your presence today. Okay. Well, our teams also finally did something with each other. So it was a perfect opportunity to jump on and talk about that. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, before the first part, I gave out some awards. So, uh, well, I didn't give out any awards because um, I don't have any trophies or plaques or anything. But I gave my prediction for some of the awards so far in this early part of the season. But, you know, a month in. Yeah, just over a month into the season. So I want to hear from you um, and and... I guess, what are some of your favorite storylines so far of this young season? It's well, the parody in the league is always going to be something that we talk about, right? It's it's the the teams are not all that separated um, from top to bottom, and you'll have one or two at the top, and then they'll face off, and then kind of come back to the pack, and you'll have one or two at the bottom, they'll face off and kind of lift up. So it's it's looking at individual player performances and. The, the most improved race has been immediately what has from the beginning kind of captured my interest because mm-hmm. it's just players that come from very, very different situations. Mm-hmm. So the first player that I look at and I think that everyone looks at is Jackie Young, who could even potentially be an MVP candidate early on. Mm-hmm. Um, she is per synergy. She's first in points per possession in the entire league. And as a guard, that's very impressive. Um, defensively, she was holding opponents to just 28% shooting. Um, and again, from as a guard, that's really impressive. And to do that on a team where they don't have that much depth. So she's out there and she's guarding the better perimeter players that Vegas faces. It's just from where she started to where she's gotten, it, it's just been a huge improvement. And I think that her off season, in playing in Australia, she really built, built on what she was doing there where she started a little slow and then by the end was invaluable and just carried it over. So she's one player. And then another Australian player, Ezzy Magbagor has just taken a leap this year. She's leading, she's leading the league 
in stocks, which is steals and blocks combined with 4.5 a game. That is last year. I think um, Sylvia Fowles led the league with 3.7. I think that's what the number was. So she's at 4.5 early on. And that's just a huge number. Um, and then the third person. Hold on, right, before you go yeah. to the third person, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't not allow you to speak about Izzy without, I, I always think of Tully. <laughs> Izzy, Izzy, Izzy. I just have, I had to hit that one good time. You know, shout out to Izzy, one of my favorite players, but go ahead and tell Han Shu. No, well, Izzy, there's a, I saw, uh, there's a Australian basketball site that follows me on Twitter. And I saw they had a store and they have a sweatshirt that says Ezzy, 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 Oi, Oi, Oi on it. And I looked and they do not ship outside of Australia. Just great. great. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out who I know out there. Maybe the next time Sammy's going home for an off season, I'll try to ask her to bring one back. Yeah. Or, you know, get Sandy or someone. Somebody can, somebody can find something. Um, but yeah, no, as he's just fantastic and just such a great story and just anchoring the defense there. Um, right. And I'm glad that she's back. Um, and then the last person I was going to talk about is a player from the Liberty who is Han Shu. and Han Shu, The last time we saw her was 2019 mm-hmm. and she was 19 years old and six foot nine, but as skinny as I am and borderline unplayable, she was just kind of bullied all in the post she couldn't box out she couldn't stay vertical and katie smith at the time was the coach and just basically could not play her so when han was coming back this year she's missed the last two seasons with with covid and everything just being overseas my expectations were pretty low for her to make the roster um not only did she make the roster Early in the year, she wasn't playing in every game because Sandy Brondello has been very intentional about putting her in positions to succeed. So she was not matching her up against Connecticut on opening night and their front court. Um, But the first five games of the season, and now six of her nine games this season, Han has scored at least 10 points, and she's averaging over 10 points. Uh, She had a career-high 15 last time out and is just doing it incredibly efficiently. She's stronger. She's mm-hmm. she blocked Sylvia Fowles at the rim, like in the in the bottom of the lane, in the middle of the lane the other night, um, and has become the first, not just the first big, but usually the first player off the bench. She and Sammy Whitcomb come in together uh, midway through the first quarter, and when you're talking about a player that wasn't even at three points a game to going over ten, uh, Liberty PR did make sure to point out to me last week that Han is eligible for that most improved. Um, as a player that hasn't, that hasn't played since then. Um, but she's just been an, a phenomenal story for New York. And so do you think that um, out of the three, cause you know, there's always, there's always some conversation around, you know, is a person really most improved or are they now just getting the playing time or they should have been performing that way because of where they were drafted. So out of the three, who do you feel like, and there are good cases to be most improved. Um, but I just always go back to that, what, that bubble season when the race came down basically between Maisha or um, Benaja. Maisha yeah. Benaja. It was, was Maisha really most improved or was she just now getting the playing time versus Benaja who had, started games throughout her career um has had a who had a, a an interesting career to start you know bounced around between a few teams and then 
obviously with Atlanta was able to really showcase her full um, skill set. So out of the three players this this season so far in the early stages of the season, who do you feel like voters will get, or if you had a vote, who's getting your vote for most improved? I'll say that. Um, so just hoping that everybody stays healthy mm-hmm. and, and plays all the way through. Uh, I think right now, if I had an MVP vote, it would be going to Asia Wilson. So mm-hmm. if Jackie was in that conversation too, I had said before, but if you take Jackie off of the aces, they still have Kelsey Plum and Chelsea Gray kind of in the backcourt and along the wings. Uh, but if you take Asia Wilson off that team, that just changes their entire dynamic. So taking Jackie out of that conversation puts her back into play for most improved and just she's jumped from 12 points to 19 points right now. Um She's the only player that hasn't had the leap in playing time that you were talking about, where the opportunity as he has gone up, has gone up from 15 minutes, her first two seasons to now 30 minutes. Now Han, like I said, had no opportunity and now has a bunch. And that says a lot, right? That you can get on the court and stay on the court. They're not empty. They're not empty minutes. They're, they're important minutes. They're not just at the end of games, which is where Han started to where she is now, like in season, she might be my most improved from where she started to where she is now. Um, but because Jackie has kind of kept the same minutes, I think she was playing 27 or 28 last year and is now playing about 30 and her production has gone up so much. She gets the edge for me because that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the, the per 36 minutes basis. It's what she's doing in the time that she already had. And she's grown from where she was. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. And I think, yeah, that's who I gave my my vote to. I said, because all things considered, because she had been so consistent with her minutes. I mean, what she started and then I think she came off the bench one season and then she was a starter last season. And then obviously she's still a starter um, this season. Like I think Jackie's progression um, really took a leap starting the end of that bubble season when she was on like that amazing double digit streak or so of like 15 games for like the second half of the bubble season. I mean, it also all seemed like a blur because it was just such a quick season, but I think that's when she really just started like kind of kicking it up a notch. And then obviously, you know, we know about last year, but to start this season, it's been like phenomenal. So yeah, for sure. I think, and I think she's an all-star. I think yeah, she's an yeah. all-star and a first team all WNBA player um, this season so far. So I, um, I do want to say one thing is that um, I always, and this is not Jackie's fault, but I always think back to, do you remember when Matt Ellen Tuck played aerial powers in 2k? Um, mm-hmm. they, there was that article and, and they played against each other in 2k and Matt hit a couple of threes with Jackie young and, and AP was so upset. And she's like, I'm not stepping out there and I'm not guarding her coming into the season. Jackie, her her best was her rookie season where she made 0.43s on 31%. Then she was 23%, 25%. This season she's making one and a half threes a game on 45.7% shooting. So now you have to guard you her. You have to guard her. You have to guard her. So that's the evolution that we're talking about, right? It's not just the opportunity, but it's it's seeing leaps in her game and, and she's just so confident at every and, level. Scoring. And her shot is it's quicker. She used, I remember there were some times where she would be open. She wouldn't take the shot. Now she's catching and shooting. Like she's dribbling and pulling up at the three. I'm like, wait a minute. Who is this? Where did this mm-hmm. come from? So like Jackie was, you know, Jackie was a midi slash to the, to the, to the goal, you know, to the basket. But now she like legit has 
a three-point shot that you have to respect. You have to defend that. So, yeah, this the Aces are, are getting much, much production out of Jackie so far. So, okay, that's it for the awards, or at least for that award. What's happening in the world? Because there's been some news that broke this week um, surrounding the Liberty. Let I'll let you tell us what's happening out there in 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 Barclays and with the Liberty. So this season, the opening night was a shocker where they upset the Connecticut Sun. Yeah, and it was a game they were down in the first quarter. And when I when I say everybody across the league was shocked, but I was even more shocked having been at training camp and, and seen what they were going through because a lot of that wasn't reported where they had players sidelined. They were supposed to have a preseason game against the mystics, mm-hmm. which was canceled. And they ran a, a scrimmage instead because they, they had told season ticket holders, they would do an open, uh, they would do like an open scrimmage instead. And they ran five players against five scout uh male scout players Mm -hmm. and i asked sandy brandella afterwards and she said i literally only had five players we couldn't do anything else it wasn't until the day before the season started the practice before the season started that they had 10 players in camp that was the first time that we're able to practice and play that was the first time since before any cuts were made um players were coming over late beck allen showed up late seth dolson missed all training camp so when they came out opening night and won that game it was immediately like, wow, Sandy, Sandy Bardello came in here and she immediately fixed everything. And then they go on a seven game losing streak. They, yeah. they lose Benajelani, who is their all-star from last season. They lose Jocelyn Willoughby, who was their perimeter defender until Beck Allen showed up. Jocelyn was the one that was put onto the best guard on the other team every night and they lose her. And they have only gotten four minutes out of Dee, Dee Richards who coming into the year was being talked up as, as practicing at the one and was going to be the backup point guard. So mm-hmm. they had no backup point guard. So during that seven game losing streak, they are last in turnovers. They, they have a game against the Connecticut sun where they turn the ball over 32 times, which was a franchise record and one off of the league record. I think there was about four and a half minute stretch of end of first quarter into second quarter where they didn't get a shot attempt. They just kept on turning the ball over. Um, and then something changed and they've won three out of the last four. And what has changed is the addition of Crystal Dangerfield to the starting mm-hmm. lineup. So Crystal, Crystal only gets this opportunity because of those, of those injuries those I was injuries. talking about, right? Like she started the season with Minnesota and then was a cut and then went to Indy as a hardship and then was, a, and then was released from that hardship. But yeah, she wouldn't get an opportunity here. And Crystal Dangerfield, when we'll start with what she hasn't done well, because that's <laughs> shoot the ball. She she has not shot the ball well. It's understandable when you consider that turbulent start to her season. Right. With the Liberty, she's shooting just 22%. She's made one out of 19 three-point attempts, which is 5.6%. Um, and then defensively, teams can attack her. And Cheryl Reeve was attacking her a lot in the last two games the Liberty played against the Lynx. Um, so she's one of the two players the Liberty try not to switch with, which is with Han Shu being the other because they could be exploited with those mismatches. Mm-hmm. But the efforts there, tenacious, but she's 5'5", five, five and, and teams are kind of taking advantage of that. So that's what makes you think that like this might not be something that could literally turn your season around having won three of four games since then, because now they're right. at four and eight after being one and seven. 
Um, so the good in her four games since being inserted into the starting lineup, Dangerfield has a 16 to four assist to turnover ratio. The Liberty who had been dead last at the time and turnovers when she stepped into the starting lineup have put up marks of 11, 11, 12, and 14 since then, which is 12 and a quarter turnovers a game. That mark would be second in the league. Her usage rate is still pretty low, but what she does well is she gives New York another ball handler that can take some of the pressure off of Sabrina Ionescu. And Sabrina has been going off. Um, that, that was a big conversation yeah. now because, uh, you know, there were some there was some talk about, you know, should she be the primary ball handler? Should she play more of the two? And then, you know, there's such discourse around, well, she's always been billed as a point guard. So now it's, it's an issue or, you know, yada, 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 whatever people think. And then, you know, there were some suggestions that this could happen with her playing with um, along with um, side, another point guard. Now there are some players, there's some players in the draft that many people felt like the, the Liberty should have taken. That's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. The draft is over. So we move on. But with Crystal coming, like you said, Sabrina has looked like an entirely different player that we've seen so far in her, out of her career. Yeah. So in these four games where Crystal is starting beside her, and I know that this has been talked about a lot, so I'll just rattle through the numbers quick. Sabrina scoring 26 points per game on 57% shooting. She shot, she, yes, she shot 10 of 11 last games so that lifts a bit, but she was still shooting 50% going into that game in this stretch. Five and a half boards, five assists, but maybe the most important number is she's averaging just two and a half turnovers a game, despite her usage rate going up, even with Crystal out there. So before the stretch, she'd had at least three turnovers in six of her eight games. What Crystal's doing is helping her bring the ball up so that she doesn't get trapped, trapped. full court, trapped at the half court, because that's what teams like Seattle and Chicago love to do to Sabrina is they would that, that play where Candace Parker kind of bullied her by half court that we saw a few weeks back oh, yes. <laughs> uh, in that blowout, right? That uh, got replayed a lot. That's not happening anymore because now they're running Sabrina off of off ball flare screens where she's coming and she's catching the ball and already moving. She's already going downhill. So she doesn't, we've talked about how she doesn't have the best foot speed, but she's able to create separation because she's coming off of these actions and she doesn't have to initiate everything. If she's initiating everything, it's just a lot more, it's a lot more on her just physically and endurance wise to, to keep up for an entire game. So she can she can run circles and and run through actions and get space but when she's the one who's trying to initiate, to initiate and then have the ball get back to her there's very few opportunities to go downhill so that's really the big change that's that we've been seeing now and yeah i mean 26 points a game and the other day she had 26 8 and 8 in just 3 quarters um, so it's been a huge lift and crystal Dangerfield is a, is a big reason for that. And so now with, with obviously the injuries and you mentioned earlier that crystal Dangerfield, she's there because of a hardship. Um, the Liberty are down a few players. Um, DD still not activated just yet, but I think you heard something about DD possibly. Yeah. I, um, I spoke to Jonathan Kolb, the Liberty GM today. Uh, before practice and he actually cleared something up for me because I believe the CBA says that the way that the hardship exemption works. So there, well, there are two different types of, of hardships. The regular hardship is what 
the Liberty have, which is, is not the emergency one that we're used to seeing when a team goes down to nine players. A regular hardship is attached to two injuries that are at least three weeks in length. So when Crystal was first brought in, that was attached to Jocelyn, who had a partially torn quad, and Didi with a right hamstring injury. Tomorrow is three weeks from that time. So I thought there was a chance that we might see Didi activated before tomorrow. What Jonathan explained to me is, though that does say that on the CBA, what the league does is it's actually eight games. So it's it's based on the number of games that pass by, and tomorrow is the eighth game. So um, she is eligible to return as soon as Sunday. And after practice, Sandy Brandello said to me that if DD doesn't play Sunday, she'll definitely play next Thursday, which is the, the Liberty's following game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was part of what happened with the, the trade that we're going to talk about where Crystal was released from this hardship. It's because she was attached to DD. That's part of it. Okay. Okay. And so go, let's go right into the trade. Um, I, I like it um, because it benefits if for those of you who know, you know, I'm always going to root for the Atlanta dream, but uh, I like it. And it's a homecoming. It's um, I know, I know that I guess I'm trying to find the right words to talk about this particular trade. Uh, I, I think when um, AD was drafted to New York, I think that they were the face or expected to be the, the next face of the franchise. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Tina at that time had, um, she was towards the tail end, the back end of her um, of her great career. And I think AD was definitely um, drafted. And unfortunately, we know what happened uh, with, you know, the pandemic and then with them suffering from long COVID and, you know, even not necessarily knowing if they would ever play again. And then so a uh, triumphant return to playing again somewhat uh, or, you know, it, not like themselves or not like their previous self, but, you know, still being able to be out on the court for the Liberty. So um, I'll let you go into the trade details. Sure. Sure. Um, and then I'll, I'll get into a little bit of just what I've seen from AD's game and just what I've witnessed about their journey back. But yeah, Atlanta got AD and the Liberty, well, they got back um, Megan Walker, who was immediately waived. That was interesting because Megan Walker was initially drafted by the Liberty in 2020 with the number nine pick. Mm-hmm. And then last season played with Sandy Brondello and Phoenix. So I thought, okay, maybe there was something that Sandy or the front office saw that they wanted another shot at. But uh, And they also got the rights to Raquel Carrera, who is who the Dream drafted last year in the second round, 15th overall, a teammate of Beck Allen in Spain. 20 year old six, two center. So it's, it's a stash. And I think that in the W with as few spots as we have, you could never have enough stash prospects because you could just kind of hold those rights forever. Not only can you hold those rights forever, but also they kind of get locked in at whatever, wherever they stopped in, um, in terms of their salary. Mm -hmm. So Han is getting paid her what her rate would have been in 2020 for this season even though it's 2022 so her rookie scale was was put on pause um so i think that that's a good thing and yeah so then you're saying okay it's a draft a former number two pick 
for a stash. But the real reason the Liberty make this deal is it enables them to bring over Marine Johannes. Mm-hmm. And Marine Johannes also, like Han Shu, played with the Liberty for part of 2019, um, but is something that New York has been missing, which is that extra ball handler. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who hasn't seen Marine Johannes play, her game is she's a flashy combo guard that fits exactly into what New York needs. So a ball handler that can engage the defense enough to create opportunities for teammates. Her game is very unconventional, but she's got a swagger to it that makes her just a walking highlight reel. The like coaches are not going to teach you to throw one-handed skip passes to just to players that are not even looking for the ball or step back threes that come with an often questionable shot selection. But, and and when she beats the defense, she loves to show the ball and finish one-handed and it's just, her game is very pretty and it's just, not something that we're that a lot of W fans are going to see night in and night out. And she could do this now without being um, the primary scorer, without being the primary ball handler and possibly playing alongside Sabrina and taking some of that pressure off, which we've seen lately has really helped her out. So that's very exciting as a return. Um, And then there are, there are the optics of it, which is like you said, this is a homecoming for AD Mm-hmm. They are in a great situation and Atlanta, the, the dream are already kind of pulling out the stops and on social media, just talking about how happy as a franchise they are to have a D home right. um, support system. there, fans, the, the loyalty that's already built in. It's great for the dream. And if the Liberty were going to make a deal, this is the best situation that they could have put a D into. Um, because I will say that they're also going to a franchise that understands that there needs to be a little bit more patience with just as they work back from long COVID. Um, and, and some of the difficulties that we've seen is that they haven't been able to play long stretches in the game and whether that's physical conditioning or, and, and this is something that I'm always going to be grateful for was just how candid AD was with the media about some of the, what the struggles are. And it's not all physical. Um, the, the brain fog that they suffer is still something that flares up and they had some trouble early in camp kind of diagnosing and recognizing plays, remembering plays. There was a, the first road trip of the season, they missed a game and it was a a 30 point blowout that the Liberty were playing their starters late because they couldn't put AD into the game and they're still working back. So they're not quite where they need to be yet. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we don't know if they'll ever re- return to the, the number two pick, but it is encouraging. And they are a player that can stick in this league and just isn't there yet. And Atlanta is understanding of that. And just Tanisha is very understanding of that. Played who, with AD. who played with AD. Yes. Um, and it's just a very nurturing environment. And Sandy Brandella said that she, she spoke to the Atlanta coaching staff before the deal too. And that I think helped Sandy feel better about the transaction too. So it's because yeah, the, the optics of making a cut to bring Marine over just from a PR, right. A, a PR side or something that we're still dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. For something that, yeah, we're still actively dealing with and that's still surging in this country. It's 
it would not have been great, even if from a business perspective, you could say, I can understand based on the fact that the Liberty are playing at the hardship threshold and AD is not right now someone who could contribute large minutes. So it would have made sense, but it also would have really rightly so rubbed the fan base wrong. And it would have just, I mean, we never want to see anybody cut from a team, but there, there were levels to this and there was a lot more nuance than there might be in another transaction otherwise. Mm -hmm. So whenever any trade is made, you want both teams to come out of it feeling like they're in a better place for what they're trying to accomplish than what they started. And I think I, I, you, I think you'll agree that Atlanta definitely feels that way with the, with the investment in, in AD and building them back up. And I think New York feels that way too, with just getting an opportunity, especially before prioritization kicks in to give Marine an opportunity to see New York and to experience the Barclays center, because they only played there once in 2019, they were still up in Westchester. Right. And Marine today just talked about how beautiful the locker room was. That was what she said to me and the, the facilities and, if she proves to be someone who can be a key contributor for New York, you want to impress her. This is your opportunity to impress her when, yeah. Yeah. So next year as, uh, so Kathy Engelbert the other day said, reminded me because I didn't realize the exact nuances of it next year, players have until the start of the season to show up. So they can miss training camp the year after that, they need to be there for the start of training camp. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's a little bit of a soft launch next year, but with Marine coming over, right? It's, it's June. It's, it's June already. So if Marine is going to want to play in the WNBA long-term, it's she'll have to prioritize that and needed an opportunity to see what the league and what the team could offer. Um, so this really worked out for New York too, just to, to, for her to know if they're part of her, if she's part of their future plans and vice versa. So a question that I, I, I want you, well, a question that I had, and when it comes to the Liberty, and obviously they are still paying, playing with the hardship, but, you know, once the hardship is no more, the, that, that individual has to be released. Mm-hmm. The, the, the hardship is terminated. So with them bringing Marine over, and then depending on if Crystal is able to keep up that level of play um, alongside Sabrina that they've been able to benefit from, and obviously the winning ways continue, there's a hard decision that's going to have to be made um, on the, the for, well, for Jonathan and for Sandy. Now, Menage mm-hmm. is targeted around when? Late July? Yeah, late July. So she... She underwent surgery at the end of May, so she would be late July, very beginning of August. If at the time the Liberty, I think, were one and six or one one and five, and were one and six, and if it was looking like they were going to be the Lotto, it was already, you know, it would have been a reasonable conversation to say maybe you don't bring her back for the just shut her down. Um, now they're a game out as tonight as we enter games tonight um but things can change and if they turn things around then you have Benaja coming back for a potential playoff series which is a huge weapon for new york and will also help kind of after they're leaning so heavily on sabrina and natasha howard right now it can also just make things a little bit easier for them as well um 
so that would be huge so she's not the one actually that would trigger the end of the hardship that would be jocelyn willoughby who yeah so she's at the end of june so she's another three weeks out okay um with crystal re-signing so the reason why it went down like this this was kind of strange um yesterday there were just so many transactions happening because all of the fans were just very upset with crystal dangerfield who has been a spark plug and really helped turn things around being released from the hardship and fans are like why are we not just signing her to the rest of to the rest of the season and there are a couple of reasons for that one is what we were talking about where she was attached to dd and dd is getting ready to return so they have to reset the three weeks so now this will this starts the timetable on three weeks that or the eight games that uh jocelyn must miss so maybe you're getting close to the all-star break in you know the july 11th or 12th if, mm-hmm. if she takes a little longer um so that's when you would have to make the decision but the other thing that plays into it is the liberty are up against the cap and the hardship allows you to go over so they released her so that they have the money to sign marine then they can press up against the cap and then they can go over to bring her back because crystal is a hardship it would have the optics are not are not necessarily what the business is because if they were to cut a player to give, they would have to cut a player to give crystal a rest of season contract. Mm -hmm. And then they would be in the same position where then they would need to get another hardship. So they would be cutting a player and then needing to fill that position anyway. Mm -hmm. So while it's not just saying crystal Dangerfield is a player that should be on a full season contract, because yes, that's true. But it's just not advantageous for them right now to make a cut from someone who's they are still playing with just 10 players right now that would cut them back down to nine and that just wouldn't be helpful to the team. So this kind of kicks the can down the road because they've already had three long term injuries. They might unfortunately have another one and then not have to make this decision at all. Right? They might be able to keep Crystal if there's another injury that goes through the rest of the regular season because that's how the hardship would work. Um, so for the Liberty, it's a no brainer. Crystal's happy to be here, um, was happy to resign immediately. And it was a no brainer for New York to keep her around, to keep her in the system. Uh, and it's, I think that's what people are kind of hung up on is just why does she not have a full contract and not, this is kind of the mechanism for how the CBA works in order to keep her on the team without that full contract without forfeiting any other players in a league that is already far too short on roster spots. Okay. Now, isn't it, if I'm, if I'm understanding this correctly, and I think I've read this, I think uh, if they were to sign her to a rest of season contract, they can't it once she's off of a hardship for 10 days. Right. Mm-hmm. which will give another team the opportunity to possibly snatch her up. Yeah. Yes, that's true. What I get a little confused about is I don't think there's a waiver pro- uh, process at play there. It's just that right. they are locked out while everyone else just has free reign. So um, hypothetically, Aces or someone. Yeah. You know, they're locked. The, the, the Liberty are locked away for 10 days. Can't, can't sign her to a rest of the season. Aces can be like, you know what? We want you. Come on. And then that it, it's just that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this kind of locks her in with them too. And yeah, they, they just, 
know that she's going to be with them right now until the end of the month um, or until Jocelyn Willoughby is ready to return. And then at that time, they can just, like I said, kick the can down the road. Then they can make the decision then. But there was, it, it didn't make sense for anybody, Crystal as well, to to make that decision now and then have them again scrounging for a hardship after having cut a player that's on their active roster. Understandable, understandable. Okay, so I think, I know I'm excited once again to have AD in Atlanta, to have them surrounded by family and friends, you know, where it all started. If you haven't seen the video of AD in the very first uh, ad for the Atlanta Dream back uh, during its expansion season, um, back in 2008, that was like really a full circle moment. So I would definitely say, uh, go and check that video out. It's, it's all over social media. You can go to the Atlanta dream page. You can go to major the W find it on Twitter anywhere. Um, but it's, it's definitely a, an amazing video and ooh, such a throwback. It had Ivy ladder in the commercial. So yeah, that is definitely a throwback. One of my favorite players shouts out to South Carolina is like an all-star in the state of South Carolina. She just went to the wrong uh, school in North Carolina, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but um, I guess uh, I know you talked about Han Shu and the impact that she's made for the Liberty. And you talk about what Marine uh, could bring to the Liberty. And obviously this is, this is kind of like that test drive year um, to prepare for the prioritization next year. So where do you see the Liberty going from here? They've improved. They've won their three of the last four, and now they have some more pieces. What does that look like? Uh, what does the Liberty look like for you? Um, I guess maybe until the all-star break. Yeah, I think uh, very different than it did than they did seven, 10 days ago, right? And I know that it's a reactionary league. So people are always very quick to say, well, they're winning. So they figured it all out. Um, it's a, it, they've, taken advantage of a softer part of their schedule, but you have to do that, especially, you know, when they went on that seven game losing streak, mm-hmm. nobody talks about, you know, two of those losses coming in overtime. And mm-hmm. if, if that happens, then there a game or two can make a huge difference. So Sandy Brondello today was very quick to kind of deflect some of the praise that she's been getting recently in terms of turning things around. And, and she said, it's not that, they figured out it's not that my, my defensive scheme is so complex and they just needed time to like figure it out. It's that it's a new team. It's a new coaching staff and that everyone kind of needed to learn each other. So that chemistry takes time, especially when you have players coming in late. Like I said, Steph missed all of Steph Dolson, who was their big free agent signing. So she wasn't with the Liberty last year, missed all of training camp. Han Shu is learning from through an interpreter. And while she understands a lot of the, the basketball language, there, there sometimes is a little bit more time for Han to absorb some of the new sets and, and some of the, the new information. Now, Beck Allen came over late. She was more familiar because she and Sandy know each other from the Australian Opals, but still had to fit in with the rest of the pieces. Now they're trying to bring in Marine. They brought in Crystal. So a lot of that is just they're adding pieces. And during that seven-game losing streak, they were losing a lot of pieces. So I think it's a this is an advantageous position, right? Where you're starting to get continuity and then adding, you're adding plus pieces to that. Uh, so I think that they are trying to play 
they're they're trying to tread water until they get healthier because when you look at the the three players that are out when you look at Benijah and you look at Didi you look at Jocelyn if you put those three with I'm not even going to talk about Sabrina with Natasha Howard and Beck Allen that's five players that could potentially guard every position on the court mm-hmm. that is five switchable players locked down so coming into the season what impressed me the most was the Liberty's depth they did not have one of those loaded training camp rosters where they had 19 people or whatever they had I believe it was 14 but then one of them was Niara Sabali who wasn't who wasn't even there and then um, the only cut that they ended up making was Paris Key who was working back from an injury Mm -hmm. Uh, so they, they were trying to build this chemistry from the beginning and they just want this 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 unit they kind of knew what they were trying to build and now they're finally getting those pieces together and getting those pieces comfortable playing together. So as they continue to build up, they're, they're trying to make their identity defense and now they're starting to clean up those turnovers. So they want to play, they want to tread water for a little bit as they get healthier and see if they can hang with some of these teams. Like they've got Chicago on Sunday who embarrassed them earlier this season. And I think I might, that might be the only game this season that Chicago has finished uh, that has had a double digit score one way or the other. They've played nonstop single digit score games. So they are either playing up to or down to whatever competition with the exception of that 33 point win over the Liberty. Um, So this is a good litmus test for where they were then and where they are now and what's changed. So that they beat the mystics uh, last week. And that was kind of the first major upset since that opening night win. So I think that's what the Liberty are going to try to do now. They're adding pieces back and they're trying to build up and build up and build up. And they want to see how they can do against these playoff teams rather than uh, getting the wins, which against teams like Indiana and Minnesota, which are important to get, but you're not going to climb the standings once those aren't on your schedule anymore. If you knock those out early. Right. Um, so yeah, they, they have to see how they, they hold up against some of the stronger teams in the league. That's really what their focus needs to be. And that and that's I'm glad you mentioned that um because I was thinking I was looking at the schedule and I it just hit me that a lot of the teams have only played some of the same teams in the first weeks of the season. Like I think Vegas has already finished against I think all their games against Phoenix. Um Atlanta has played I think Indiana's played Atlanta and Connecticut like so many times already. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like everyone's playing the same people. So we still have to see how and Dallas has played Seattle so many times. I think there's one more maybe against Seattle. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm excited for everyone to kind of branch out and be able to, you know, I know they want to see new cities and see mm-hmm. new venues, see a new set of fans and like, okay, we've been going to the same places over and over. So you're right. Um, Now the Liberty our knife and like you said they're right there peeking into the playoffs so in your opinion and i'm not gonna hold it too much longer do you see them making the playoffs i do um coming into the season i that that was what all the players said we were eighth and we needed to improve on on that um that's obviously easy for the players to say right like because the context was yes they were eighth 
but they had the same record as the teams that were ninth and 10th and just won the tiebreaker. So they were that close to being in the lotto. And I know that they took Phoenix to the, the last second, literally the last second in the first round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. but. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. Benaja hit that go ahead three um, or tying three. I forget. Um, but that's gotta be, it's not just to improve on that, but it's to, it's to know they were on the cusp, but that's why it was so big for them to make the playoffs last year, because that's not the goal. Now the goal is to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. And the goal, the Barclays center still has not fully adopted. Brooklyn has not fully adopted the Liberty yet. And I don't believe that will fully happen until they can host a playoff game at home. So the, the change in, the playoff structure makes that a, a possibility. Um, I, I think they would need to stretch it to three games, right? Because yeah. the road game gets the third, the road team gets the third game, but that's what this franchise kind of needs to try to reclaim because they used to pull in numbers when they were at MSG before mm-hmm. Dolan shunned them and they ended up in Westchester and, and in the franchise. Nothing. Yeah. The franchise was in a lot of trouble back then. So for the city, for, for the borough and the city at large to readopt this team, they're, they're going to need to have some high, they're going to need to be good. They're going to need to have some high leverage games and doing some of this winning without Benaja Laney, who was arguably, and in my opinion, was their best player last season. So was their best player coming into this season. Um, the, that could help them having to, kind of learn to how to play without her being healthy so that when she slots back in, now you've got all of these complementary pieces that are just ready to go and that are solidified in knowing what they need to do and knowing how they can help and knowing where they need to be. Uh, so if they can get into the playoffs, like that, I mean, I know that they fixed the playoffs to avoid this happening again, but we saw last year a five and a six seed peaking at the right time. I'm not going as far to say that they're anywhere near what the what the Uh-oh. top teams in this league Uh-oh, are. Oh, everyone, Miles I'm says not going to the finals. <laughs> but I am not going to go that far. But I will say that as they're getting healthier, what we saw was those teams were peaking because they were getting healthier and that they were building. Um, so the Liberty will, if they can build, if they can continue to build, if they can compete, and these next few weeks are going to be really telling about that. And every time they add in another piece, like a DD, like a Jocelyn, like a Benaja, there's going to be a little bit of, of chaos that they need to settle, right? Because someone's going to lose a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there. So if they can do that smoothly, then they could be fully operational at, by the time the playoffs actually come and might be healthy for the first time all year. And that's, that's the peak. That, that, that's, that's optimally what could happen. And you have to say you're still looking at a four and eight team but you're not looking at a one and seven team so they're trending up and to continue that it's just got to be low turnovers good half court defense because their defensive rating is now up to seventh after this stretch recently after being near the bottom and cutting down on turnovers is a big part of that and it's just playing some of this mistake-free basketball that they've started to play of late i have to get to a game in barclays i'm coming um after the all-star break i will be there i've seen that the atmosphere um like you said even though it hasn't been fully adopted by the city i do 
think that you all have a really nice atmosphere there. And I'm trying to check off my list, as I've mentioned several times, of all the arenas. And so I, I've, I had the majority of them done, but Barclays. I went to MSG when they were theirs, but I have to now get to a game in Barclays because... Well, one, because I have to go to a bodega. But then two, I, I, <laughs> I just really want to experience that New York um, show. So uh, I also have to take you to a pizza spot because. Yeah, yeah. My last <laughs> my last visit to um, New York wasn't. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of the food that I was supposed to. So wait, there was something else. Chopped cheese or something. Chopped cheese. Yeah, chopped cheese. But also, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to put your information out there about what you thought about pizza out here, but we're going to put you, we're going to set you right. <laughs> we're going to set you right. We're going to get you to the spots that you should be at. And that's, then you'll understand because you didn't fully understand last time. Yeah. The, I mean, it's yeah. I just went to the local. What did I go to like a local? You went to like a 99 cent pizza. Yeah, spot. I thought That was the thing because they were <laughs> everywhere. I saw them on every corner. I saw that, okay, this must be the thing. Like you have a Dwayne Reed or whatever. I said, okay, this must be the 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 New York thing. So I said, let me go ahead and get a 99 cent pizza pizza. And I just thought that that was what you all do. But I, I, I've learned since then that that was not the move. So, but anyway. I got you next time. Good, good, good. I'll be there next uh, next month at the All-Star. But um, I appreciate you, Miles. Any, well, first, uh, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you, check out your work, and any last comments that you would like to make about why you feel like the Atlanta Dream will be the WNBA champions this season. So first thing, I'm uh, uh, on Twitter, uh, live tweeting pressers. That's kind of how I started on Twitter, um, at Miles Ehrlich. It's M-Y-L-E-S-E-H-R-L-I-C-H. Uh, I've got a website, mileserlich.com, where I have my writing from every site that I write for and podcast. This will be up there too. And I've also got a page for WNBA players with their dogs. So if you're curious about which teams have the best dog moms, that's where you got to go. Uh, and then I write for Winsider, Nets Republic, and Queen Ballers Club. And like I said, all that's up on my website. I'm working on a piece right now on Beck Allen. And then I've got a Han Shu one on deck. So uh, those two will be coming out in the next week or two. And besides that, yeah, no, I think that the Atlanta dream are playing very, very well against teams that are not going to make the postseason. <laughs> wow. I was excited. And then you, you had me at first and then <laughs> you got me in the end, <laughs> but no, they've been a fun surprise. I think they've been the surprise in terms of the standings, I said not that much shuffling has been happening in the standings, but Atlanta has been the surprise. And I, I've enjoyed watching, obviously, Ryan play, but Cheyenne Parker, yeah, just being back out there. Um, last season, I, I told you she was my favorite signing of the offseason, and it just wasn't the season for a bunch of different circumstances mm-hmm. um, that she was expecting to have. And I'm just kind of happy that she's back healthy and playing well. And it just makes them a, a team. They're one of my, they're one of my favorite league pass teams to watch because I don't know how they're winning some of these games, their defensive ratings being so great, but they're also last in turnovers. So like that doesn't quite make sense because they're giving up some easy layups. And yeah, it's like to easy. still be pacing defensively is 
mind boggling. So just trying to understand them has been one of my favorite to this point of the season. One of my favorite exercises. <laughs> we're going, we're going to turn around. We're, we're, we, we're trending in the right direction. I can say that we're already the dream already one win away from totaling last season's wins altogether so we're good like we're seven and five right now so i keep saying we like i'm a part of the team but the dream are seven and five so uh it's it's they're one away they're one away from equaling all of last season's wins so tanisha definitely i think has this team ahead of schedule she's rebuilt the culture there the fan experience in atlanta is amazing so far compared to previous seasons so i'm really excited um but yeah this we're, we're, we're not gonna talk about that we brought you on to talk about the liberty <laughs> we definitely have done that so i again so much appreciate you miles thank you for the opportunity and everybody go follow miles i'm gonna put his socials and everything down here in the box so you can make sure you click that highlight that whatever paste it so you can follow him and once again miles thanks for your time Thanks so much, B. This is a lot of fun. Appreciate you. Uh, such a plethora. I don't even think that's the right way for me to use the word plethora. <laughs> such a wealth of knowledge that one is. Talking about Miles, such a wealth of knowledge. And like I said, I told y'all, he is all things liberty, all things liberty. He can really give you a deep run of anything going on with that team. So, I am so grateful to have him be a guest on the show. And um yeah, so um I'm I'm excited um for tonight's slate of games. Like I mentioned earlier, these are gonna be some good games today. I'm a good I'm gonna give my picks. I'm gonna see if I can go five and oh. There are five games tonight. Who am I picking to win? Ooh. I'm gonna say Ooh, I think, okay, so I'm going Liberty, Dallas, Mystics, Atlanta. Liberty, Dallas, Mystics, Atlanta, and Chicago. Boom. Chicago. So the Sky, Liberty, Wings, Mystics, and Dream. That's who I'm going. That's who I'm picking. Um... Don't yell at me if I'm wrong, because some of y'all like to really tussle. I, I've seen it. I, I, I've seen y'all um, y'all being in my mentions and stuff, um, calling me out when I'm wrong. And that's fine. I accept that if I'm wrong. But, um, yeah, that's all for today. I will be back next week. Um, and, yeah, happy WNBA season, of course. <laughs> it feels so weird to say that because we're over a month into the season already. But, yeah, keep supporting the W. Take a friend. Um subscribe to me follow my work i'm with uh made for the w uh have some amazing some amazing things coming out soon i'll announce at a later date once i can but really excited about that so make sure you just follow me on all platforms it's b terrell i-t-s-b-t-e-r-r-e-l-l that's on twitter and instagram so follow me um follow me for the w follow the committee check out our work and um yeah support those that are supporting and covering the league and once again free bg until it's backwards thank you all for listening 
I appreciate for talking and peace out. It's your girl Mel, and you've been kicking it with B Terrell on about that. And um, I'm gonna need you to pull up every single week. But before you do that, make sure you subscribe, like, rate, and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend because it's going down each and every week. See ya.